It's the day after. The day after Christmas. I would imagine some of you are worn out. I know that me personally, exhausted. It's nice to have a day of rest after a day of celebration. But Christmas and holiday season, it takes its toll, doesn't it? Not just financially, but in other ways also. We have a holiday of Thanksgiving where we celebrate our Thanksgiving by gorging, and then we follow that up with more gorging on Christmas, which probably explains why right after this we have New Year's where we make resolutions. <laughs> and we say, this is going to change. Because Christmas, it takes its toll on the body. Christmas changes the body. Paul, as he talks about the body, he, of course, is talking about the church. And my question for you is, does Christmas change the church? Let's pray. Dearest Heavenly Father, God of the universe, the Christ child, humbly we come to you this morning asking that you will step in. Join us here at Pioneer Memorial Church. But I also pray that you will be a God who not only once lived on this earth, but continues to not only be a part of the body, but the head. In your name, amen. Have you ever thought about the fact that Paul uses this analogy of the body? It's strange. For that time and day, it would have been shocking for Paul to call the church the body. Because here in the Greek philosophical mindset, the body was not something you were excited about. The body was, was sin, it was evil. Here you had Gnosticism where goodness was spiritual and physical was evil, it was, it was of this world. And here, Paul gives a description of the church as being the body. And I'm sure as the first readers read it, over and over again because Paul refers to it in the body in Romans, in Corinthians, in Colossians, and in Ephesians. Clearly, he was being intentional about this, but as the readers read it, they must have thought, no, Paul, we're not the body, we're the spirit. And Paul said, no, you're the body. Let's, let's have a look at what the body is. In Ephesians chapter 4, you have Paul articulating a little bit here of what it means to be part of the body. And this isn't something that's new to us. 
We've grown up hearing that the church is the body. We all have different spiritual gifts. We're all different parts of the body, but we're to work together. That's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Christmas, strangely enough. But here in chapter 4, verse 16, Paul writes, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together, every ligament with which it is equipped, each part is working properly. Part of being part of the body means we have to be connected to each other. This, this makes sense. I mean, when a part of your body is severed, it is no longer a part of your body. This is obvious. This last week, I got a haircut, and I did not ask that they sweep up all my hair and put it in a bag so I could take it home because that's part of my body. No. It was no longer part of my body. It was not connected. I was done with it. And this is why at a large church, it becomes more difficult to be connected. There are so many parts of the body, it's difficult to know the people next to you when they change from Sabbath to Sabbath. It's difficult to know everyone. And so here at Pioneer Memorial, we have grow groups and we have different things so that you can get to know the different members of the body. If you want to be part of the body, you have to be connected to each other. But then we go back a verse to verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ. Again, this is obvious. If you want to be part of the body, you have to be connected to the head. Years ago, when I was a student missionary in China, I was riding my bicycle one day. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but I was hit by a truck, and it hit me directly on my head. I was not wearing a helmet. I do not advise this. And it knocked my brain just enough that it tore the nerves between my nose and brain. And so my nose was no longer connected to my brain. And when, when parts of your body aren't connected to the brain, they, they don't function correctly. I enjoy cooking, but nobody enjoyed eating my food after that incident because I cook by taste, and you have to add a lot of garlic <laughs> before you can taste it when you can't smell. Now, it's been 13 years now, and the nerves have started to grow back, but interestingly enough, as they grow back, they have to be relearned. And so, when smells begin to come back, at first I don't recognize them. Sometimes things smell like other things. At first, skunks, for instance, smelled delicious. <laughs> and then I learned what I was smelling, and that sort of took the fun out of it. <laughs> but to be part of the body, you have to be connected to the head. Being part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church does not just mean that we worship on Sabbath. It means that we have a relationship with God of our own. We have to have personal devotions 
church family. We have to ask ourselves, does Paul's picture of the body and our picture of the body, do they line up? Because it's easy to come to church every Sabbath without connecting to each other. But sadly also, it is easy to come to church each Sabbath without connecting to God. If we pause and we look at the Seventh-day Adventist picture of the body, I'm going to be frank with you, we get a different picture. We had a baptism this morning. It was exciting. It was wonderful. But when we prepare people for baptism, what is it that we stress? We stress, do you agree with all of these beliefs? We have made being part of the body actually about truth and not about connection. Do not misunderstand me, church. I believe in the Adventist message. I believe in all 28 fundamental beliefs. I believe that they're a beautiful picture of God that is unlike any other. But have we made the body about something else? Have we somehow gone back to Greek philosophy and separated the body from the spirit? You see, this Greek philosophy, this Gnosticism that wasn't prevalent in Paul's day, they wouldn't have called the church the body because things that were good were knowledge. The word Gnostic actually comes from the Greek word gnosis, meaning knowledge. And so they praise knowledge and truth and physical things. Well, those were dirty and gross. And they separated the two, and Plato took it even further by saying, the things you can touch, the things you can see, the things you can feel, those are not real. The real things are thoughts. And we, we somehow, 2,000 years later, have arrived at a picture of the body that seems almost Greek philosophical where we have made the body about knowledge and truth and not about relationships, not about connections. So I have to ask you, how does our picture of the body compared to Paul's. But also I have to ask, how does our picture of the body compare to Jesus's? I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 1. We're going to look at the Christmas story as told by John. 
John tells the Christmas story, but unlike any other, there's no mention of the shepherds or the wise men. There's no mention of the manger. He doesn't even use the word baby. But in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and life was with the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness and testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He sent himself not as the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. The God of the universe became flesh and lived among us. Have you ever paused to think about how profound those words are? The God of the universe willingly chose a body a weak, innocent body of a baby, no less. And yet, somehow, here we are, rejecting this idea of the body, focusing only on truth and knowledge. The fact that the God of the universe enters a body it should change the way we have church, shouldn't it? Somehow, we are living in a pre-Christmas church where we haven't accepted the fact that we need to be a body. You see, the thing about relationships is you cannot separate relationships and truth. It gets creepy if you do. If you have all the truth about someone but no relationship, we call that a stalker. But if you have all the relationship with someone and you don't know anything about them, well, there's a word for that too. It's called catfish. Catfish came about because there was a documentary a few years ago where 
A gentleman had a relationship with someone. He fell madly in love with them on the internet, had never met them in real life, and wanted to show the world what it would be like meeting the love of his life for the first time. And he discovered the love of his life was not who he thought at all. His whole relationship had been based upon lies because the love was an imposter who was already in a relationship, who wasn't who he had seen in pictures. Everything was a lie. You have to combine truth and relationships. They go together. The same way we as a church, one of our fundamental beliefs is we believe that the spirit and the body are together. We don't separate them. And so as a church, we need to merge these two. We need to merge our beliefs with our relationships. What would that look like? Here's, here's my proposition for you, and that is every single one of our beliefs should affect both our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. What would it look like if our belief in the state of the dead changed the way we treated each other? What would it look like if the fact that we believe in the seventh-day Sabbath changed our relationship with our neighbors? This, this is what the body's about. This is why Paul reached in and he grabbed a metaphor that seemed ill-fitting. He grabbed a metaphor that people would have said, Paul, not the body. And today, many of us also might look at this metaphor and say, Paul, not the body. But I ask you, church family, as we reflect on Christmas the day after, is it time to work on our bodies? Is it time to work on the body? Perhaps as we're writing our New Year's resolutions, we need to work on actually becoming the body. The body that's connected to each other. The body where our beliefs and our relationships are beautifully melded together a body where each one of us is connected to the head that is Christ. If we truly were this body, can you imagine what God could do?